Hello, welcome to the Katie Halper Show. This is a special joint episode I'm releasing with Unauthorized Disclosure, the podcast hosted by Rania Kalik and Kevin Gostova. To hear the bonus episode, make sure you go to patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show, where we get into the debates more. And talk about makeup. Hello, it's me. Hello. Hello, it's me. <laughs> that song's going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the night. I know. Thanks right. a lot, Katie. Thanks, Katie. Fine. <laughs> you, Thanks, you, Obama. You, you Jews run the media in my head. Yeah, exactly. You have Jews in your head, too? No, I'm just <laughs> so, Jews in my head. Okay, so, so welcome you to jump- this joint episode. Yeah. Welcome! It's a joint episode of... The Katie Helper Show, right, Katie? Yes, I am indeed the Katie Helper of the Katie Helper Show. And I do believe that you guys are... Unauthorized Disclosure with Rania Kalik and... Kevin Gastola, yes. <laughs> I was like, Kevin, are you going to chime in? No, I am. I, I'm he's right here. He's just holding space for us. Yeah. Um, well, he's for the, the white women. man, so he's trying exactly. to step yeah. back. Yeah. So I'm excited. This is, is fun. We're going to last name, by the way. It's a Hungarian Stolis. last name. Hungarian. Are you Hungarian Jewish or just Hungarian Hungarian? I am not Jewish. It's okay. We'll still talk to you. <laughs> Kevin's like in denial. He's like, I am not Jewish. I do. do people I think will, you are? I will not admit. Name? No, no I, there's no confusion. It's it's pretty clear that I am am not at all. Well, no, maybe you're really ignorant. Because the last name is Hungarian for like Jew killer or something. <laughs> yeah, if you go back to my roots, I was involved in a lot of that. Yeah. Are you what related is this show? to is Victor Orban? I was just going to ensure I can't have a career after this show. Kaiser you know, Sose. You know what's not fair is like, no one asks Kevin if he's related to Victor Orban. Meanwhile, after 9 11, people would always ask me if I was related to Osama bin Laden. And like, I'm not even from the same country as him. Right. All right. Fair and point. My name yeah. is I take Laden. that as a fair point. Although, to be fair, I don't want people to ask Kevin that either. That's not a fair question. You, really you would prefer what, what justice looks like is people asking Kevin if he's related to Osama bin Laden. That's true. And, and you, Avrani, if you're related to Victor Orban. Yeah, that would be exactly. So yeah, as true. fun as this is, I, you guys, I just want to let you know because I am seven hours ahead of you in the future. Oh, yes. I missed the debates when they aired live. I tried so hard. I could not get myself out of bed at three in the morning. Yeah. So I'm so jealous I, that you missed the second one. Well, no, second I watched one. them. I just binge watched both of them today. So, like, I spent Whoa. four hours consuming, like, a lot of rehearsed talking points by a lot of shitty people, and my brain hurts. Yeah. Like, what the fuck did I just watch? So, I watched it backwards. I watched yesterday's the Joe Biden debate uh, first. Oh, my God. And then that's the good, Bernie you got, that must, That's a good order. We all suffered the other way around, and we – it got much – it was, like – engaging someone engaging and then absolutely tedious and torturous yeah. that's the order also uh, I, well, I i do want to start by like noting and we can move around but like you guys i'm terrified of joe biden being the front runner now because yeah. after his performance like yeah. trump is gonna wipe the floor with that guy oh my god he he's gonna so... call him senile the whole time yeah, yeah he is senile like joe, yeah like, Pretty, take you know. his, pol- his politics aside, like his that, politics, yeah. uh, whatever, but his politics aside, he was so, he couldn't defend any of his positions. He, he was terrible to his own party. He could not defend any uh, of yeah. them. He couldn't defend himself. He had no confidence whatsoever. Yeah. And he was just like, 
He didn't make any sense. He wasn't articulate. He wasn't nope. coherent. And he was senile. Hey, and everyone, like, here's I, my I website. Go to there Joe was, Biden, 303, um, oh, 303. If you agree with me, go to Joe, 30330, and help me in this fight. Thank you very much. Joe Biden. Oh, my God, that was amazing. That was, that was actually my favorite part of the second debate. It's the top five best moments of the second debate. You know, it's funny that you say that because um, I actually think that perhaps his out of itness, his senility, um, and I'm not using that as a diss because he's old. Obviously, I really like Sanders, and Sanders is his age, I think a bit older. Um, I almost think that it's good for us because I feel like the powers that be, not to sound conspiratorial, but you know, I, I, I think a lot of Dems will be afraid of having him. I think that he um, came off as so, like, off and so out of it that I, I feel, I mean, I mean, I think, as you said, politics aside, I think maybe people will start um, cooling on him, you know, turning away from him just for that reason alone. Uh, I, I just think, you know, you don't want him to have his finger on the button type of thing. Well... I also like for the people who make the argument that any Democrat can beat Trump, like I actually don't think that's entirely true. I think it's a really naive view. I think it's very, very unwise to assume that no matter who we choose, they're going to beat Trump just based on anti-Trump sentiment, because Trump has a way of like of dragging people like and he's good at it. Oh, my God. He's so. Good. Yeah, I know. And people never get this because they're always like, oh, well, if, if Trump drags um Kamala Harris on her criminal justice record, he's racist and he wanted to bring back the death penalty and he is bringing back the death penalty under him, you know, the federal death penalty. It's like, he doesn't care and his supporters don't care. He has a built-in get out of jail free card. He never pretends to be ideologically consistent. He's shoots from the hip. As he said about himself, if he shot someone right on Fifth Avenue, Madison Avenue, no one would do anything. And libs are so um, like, it, uh, entitled and really, I mean, I'll say insulated and insular that they just aren't in touch at all with the, why the people who support Trump support him, um, which is why they think that he's definitely going to be beaten. They have cocktail party logic. Right. They, and which is also part of the reason they take it. They take for granted the fact that just because people don't like Trump does not mean that they're necessarily going to go out, and out vote, vote for someone yeah, that's the other for thing, a Democrat right? they don't like. Like, or who it, doesn't you know, really inspire them. Yeah. Who they think. Right. Like there's a lot of, ap- of yeah, like the, the liberals, yeah. liberals tend to think that this online world that we live in of like journalists and pundits is like right. the real world. And it's not and like un- as much as Trump has politicized a lot of people, a lot of Americans are still pretty apathetic and don't involve themselves that much in politics, except for what gets shoved into their face. Right. And so like. If you really want a lot of people to vote, you have to have an inspiring candidate that right. can reach even those people. And like someone like Joe Biden is like, you know, I used to think he could take on Trump, but he's going to look more of a phony than Trump because he's yeah. such a phony. Yeah. And I, mean, and it's, I actually think, you know, it's interesting. I think that his senility makes him again. I think he was a better bullshitter before and now he just doesn't oh, sell it as well. Oh Yeah. You know, so it's not even his policies mm-hmm. like his policies always. Uh, he was always fake, but he was always he was yeah. a better actor before. And now I think because of his whatever it is, I don't know if it's senility. It seems like that to me. It seems like something. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm being ageist and we're going to you know get canceled. But no, there's no, something like- with him. He was fumbling. Although, you know, it's weird. I feel like I tweeted last night. I was like, was there like a gas leak or did AC stop working? Because everyone was stumbling. Did you notice that? Stumbling and fumbling. 
Well, right? I think it's also it was so long, and the nature of the this debate structure is really hard to participate in and yeah. to like get out what you want to say. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like watching Survivor for yeah. politicians. It just wasn't very <laughs> conversational. It was like talking point, talking point. I got you got the sense that Kamala Harris really doesn't understand um, or or support her own. Uh, she did terribly. She did, yeah, terribly. I she did a terrible job. Well, the worst uh, part like, in out. general for the second night to me is that, and this is how I contrast it between the first night and the second night, is that the first night, all those candidates seemed willing to engage totally. on policy and argue yeah. with each other and, yes. and go to I the agree. full extent of the argument because the so-called moderates, or we'll just call them centrist Democrats, the centrist yeah. Democrats loathe Bernie and loathe what Elizabeth Warren would like to do. But then you go to second night and all of them, it seemed at some point, tried to get cheap applause. They tried this cheap line of saying, oh my, we can't be bickering with each other. Donald Trump is going to be so delighted that we're tearing into each other. I'm like, it's a fucking debate. You're supposed to be arguing. You're supposed to disagree. Yeah. What do they want? That was just when they had nothing to say, honestly. Yeah, I do feel like, you know, it's funny. Even though I act, I loathe Delaney, and I want Delaney, um, Tim Ryan, Hickenlooper, and what's the other guy's name, the Montana guy? Bullock. I don't know, man. They all they, look the freaking they same be to counted, me. They, they should be counted as one person. So, like, they should get a fourth of the number. Yeah, of they really should. Get, right? Like, it just should go, like, okay, what? which one of you centrists – wants to answer this question. They like, have that's the same it. exact responses. Like, honestly, the night, the first night of the debate, uh, I really enjoyed oh watching Bernie. And oh my God, I'm not so like, a, I'm not, I like, I want to like Elizabeth. I don't dislike Elizabeth Warren, but I'm such a Bernie fan. And I think Bernie's way more authentic. Yeah. But obviously, Elizabeth Warren was on the same side as him yeah. for the most part. So it was just really fun to watch. It was really just, fun. Like yep. terrorize the rest of them. I know. They won. Murder. Yeah, they won. Like, and also, I loved angry Bernie. It, it was, was like that, you know the irony is that they set it up. They were so clearly anti-Bernie, the moderators. Yeah. And like, why the hell are they giving this John Delaney guy so much time? I can't stand hearing. Is him. he even pulling at like one percent? Yeah, you know, nothing. He's not. So CNN called Delaney and these <laughs> others one percent candidates, and I was right. like, that's really good. In more ways I, than and one. And I thought yeah. he was talking about like I thought at first they were using Occupy Wall Street lingo. Yeah. Like, one percent versus ninety nine percent. And and then yeah. I realized they were referring to how they're polling, and so I, I was disappointed. I really think the one percent candidates really if... refers to who they represent. Right. Well, we should just call them that. I think it was John Delaney. Is he the one who, when he smiles, looks like a rabbit? Um, I don't know because you could say the Montana guy does too. Right, Delaney. What are the three white guys that like all look the same? There's like Tim Delaney's Ryan. There's bald, like in the center. Yeah, that's the one. So, yeah. so Delaney. Like there was a question where it was like, you have sixty-five million dollars of yeah. wealth, and I was like, what the fuck? I know. I like he was like, I'm the only one experienced in healthcare because he owns like a healthcare company. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you're coming at it for exactly. That's why we don't want to hear what you have to say. You're like you the were fat cat on the stage. Health not, not to body shame cats, but um, yeah. Well, there was the best part was um, I'm like mixing up the two nights because I saw them both at the same time. So yeah. I apologize. Maybe we should. Back. We, maybe that's how we could divide it up. Should we do the first night first and then the second night? That's I, probably a good idea. Right? Sure. Okay, so so first night was Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and joining forces. And, yeah. And um, yes. Oh no, sorry, I cut. No, Buttigieg, so you hard. know what I have to say <laughs> is that um. You know, often we're annoyed on the left by people being full of it and pretending that they're more progressive than they are. But I have to say, during the debates, I appreciate it because when Beto 
who's not going to win when he's kind of full of it and just using progressive talking points. That's good because he's he's helping move the center to the left or he's shifting oh, the dialogue. You know, so it's, uh, same with de Blasio. De Blasio, they were oh, de Blasio is like, oh, wait, that's that's uh, we're getting into night two. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I don't want to be a Nazi. I don't want to be a not a night Nazi. <laughs> I just Katie. Katie's such a fucking Nazi. I know. Like, me and Bernie. Remember Tom Watts? And but <laughs> so I, the thing that I liked about the first night is that even though I really hate Tim Delaney, and I kind of feel bad for Tim Ryan. I can't really hate him. Uh, I they did really legitimately seem like they were interacting with each other. Maybe I'm sounding so corny and naive, but Montana guy and Hickenlooper and Sanders, like you saw, I think, a genuine back and forth. Yeah. And, you know, Bernie was like, John, John, listen, listen to me, John, whatever. I guess John is Delaney <laughs> or or the Montana guy. I don't even know. Um, but that was kind of, you did feel like there was a real exchange of ideas. And Bernie and Elizabeth were like the good guys um, mm-hmm. with some backup from Buttigieg and um, Beto. And then, of course, you have Marianne Williamson, Dark Forces, who uh, dark psychic forces? Who I keep getting annoyed at because I feel like she says things about the Dems that applies to most of them, but not Bernie. And I'm like, come on, stop, stop pretending Bernie well, doesn't also, exist. Also, I didn't know she doesn't support Medicare for all. That was a oh, big I like. Uh, bye bye. Bye bye, Marianne. Why doesn't she? She didn't because everyone just needs a crystal. If we have a she crystal, was, be able to she heal. was saying she was something. She had some weird response, like it's going to be hard to get elected on that or some bullshit. I don't care. Either way, one of the things I, I did like that people were saying, "What's the point of?" I think Warren and um, Williamson both said this at different points. What's the? Why are you even up here calling yourself a Democrat if you don't believe in, for instance, like? cutting student debt, these universal programs. She Um, doesn't? She doesn't? No, no, no. Sorry. Williamson was saying that to the people to, oh, we didn't even talk about the worst person in the world, um, Klobuchar. Uh, (gasps) Like when she talks, the room in my house gets colder. It doesn't make any sense because she's not here. So boring. And and how are you so, how are you both abusive and moderate? Like, how did you senator like she doesn't have anything likable about her at all like i see her face and i get mad yeah because when she's talking the things coming out of her mouth inspire nothing in me yeah yeah um so she she was saying some you know that terrible talking point about how like universal programs unfairly help the wealthy which is we need to kill that talking point it's so dishonest it's like obviously when you have a universal program it's destigmatized it's more robust and viable, less vulnerable to being slashed. Like that's why Newt Gingrich talked about welfare queens and not social security queens. Um, and it's such a stupid argument. Like the, the wealthy get handouts all the time. So the one time we're going to be upset about it is when other people get them too. <laughs> right. That's a great, that's a great way to actually dismantle that. And the other talking point that Jake Tapper kept throwing in, which I was like, Jake, why don't you just get on the debate stage and run as a centrist since you yeah. are one? And anyway, but he kept about Medicare for all. He kept hammering this. He kept saying, uh, all these people are going to lose their, their private yeah. insurance. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, well, obviously, because they're going to get. They're going to make private insurance insurance. illegal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, but he kept hammering that, like along with Tim Ryan. 
Third dude Delaney. And and then he yeah, he kept doing that thing where like it's okay, how like are you stupid? Obviously he's not stupid, he knows what he's doing. But with the math, it's like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren both said it like a thousand times. People will pay less right. in the taxes for this than they will than they're already paying with their premiums and deductibles because right. there will be premiums and deductibles. Right. Exactly. And they're still like, you're gonna raise taxes in the middle right. class and so you're gonna stupid. you're gonna make private insurance illegal and, and you're gonna kick unions off their insurance. Like fuck the fuck off. But that clip with Chris Matthews after the debate where he's interviewing Elizabeth Warren or he, oh, he pretends that. to be interviewing. I mean, it's not really an right. interview. He's basically like thing. trying to suppress her into saying or make her submit to him and say the words he wants her to utter. And it's just so obnoxious. Medicare, we've all been paying since I was 15 in the drugstore. I was paying Medicare up to 65 with the idea you'll survive maybe 15 more years. Mm-hmm. Uh if you have Medicare for Life or government pay, uh, government health insurance, you'll have to have more benefits. And Bernie's talking about the eyeglasses, hearing aids, everything. Uh, there's will have to be more money. Oh, look. Well, your payroll go up. You, you guys dodged that tonight. Don't no, go, it's no, not you, a dodge. You it's no, about Shane where... Tapper kept saying, how much of your tax is going to go up? And you said... You, you, How said, much are your costs going to no, go no, down? No, no. And he's standing there trying to get her to say that the taxes are going to go up on the middle class. And she keeps saying what she should say, which is that let's talk about the whole entire system and how you're going to cut health care costs across the board. And what they want to do is disembowel it because obviously, you know, they're being funded. They have advertising from the pharmaceutical and healthcare companies during the commercial breaks of these debates. As as Bernie called out, which was kind of great to watch. He's like, and you know what, Jake, they're going to be advertising. They're, they're going to be they advertising. And he was so shouty. And now Tim Ryan's new thing is oh you don't have to Oh, my God. Yell. You don't have to yell. Can you imagine <laughs> coming out with that as a as a hashtag? He's trying to sell bumper stickers with that. It I mean, it's a, it's a parody. Sticker. It was a, it was after I was like, is this his real account? <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, you don't have to yell, but you do have to get a better social media team. <laughs> they should not be letting you tweet this or they should not be tweeting this. Um, Tim, Tim yeah. Ryan. All, I feel you know, bad my for other, him, though. But my other favorite why, thing yeah. about like all of the one percenters, which I like calling them that now, and both who are both polling one percent and are, are part of the one percent, uh, they they like in their openings do this thing where they like they're like my granddaddy was a construction worker, oh, no. my dad was a coal miner. I really want like they really want to hammer it in. Like I give a shit. I don't care who. I don't care right. what you're. That your dad, I'm glad that you're selling out the people you come from. That's great. I don't know um, if your dad like cured some deadly disease. Like I don't, you suck. That's well, all. I mean, what's weird is when they talk about like met like people that they know who got sick or almost died or did die. And then they're, but they're using that to justify not supporting Medicare for all. Like what, why are you doing that? You're just making I mean, the case against yourself. And then I appreciated when Elizabeth Warren was like, Jake Tapper, like, cut her off. And then she went back to the story about the guy with a, uh, yeah, a- Addie Barkin, yeah. ALS, ALS, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, but she was making it in the point of, like, this is crazy. Like, her and Sanders made me happy because, like, I think everyone else was so fake. Yeah. And so yeah. when Sanders yeah. and Warren were talking, obviously they're rehearsed because they practice, but, like, they're really speaking from anger. Yeah, they are. And exactly. Really, righteous anger. Righteous indignation. Like human, yeah. human emotions. They're speaking from like human emotions that we all feel about these issues. Like we all fucking hate health insurance companies. Right. We all hate the complication of like having to fill out forms. And if somebody gets sick, go like the well, idea no, of not the, being able to. I mean, the, the problem is that the media elites 
don't, right? And that's why, I mean, the discussion about you don't have to yell um, and why is Bernie so shouty and angry is so absurd and disturbing because imagine we li- you live in a world, right? Well, we do. Mm-hmm. What kind of person are you where Bernie Sanders is yelling about the fact that people are dying in the most industrialized country in the world and they are, or, or one of them, right? And they are just dropping dead. They're rationing their insulin. They're rationing their cancer treatments and they're dropping dead. And you're they're doing away- GoFundMe's. They're doing yes. GoFundMe's right. to fund they're, their treatment for deadly as, illnesses. Right, as if it's a charity and not a right. Um, and, you know, or Yemen, right? We're like starving 80,000 kids to death in Yemen. And the thing that you're angry about is Bernie Sanders' anger about that. But that's because one of the last refuges. I'm going to have to ask you to tone it down. You're a little too shouty for the show. You're triggering, right? I'm triggering. You're triggering. You're triggering me. I need civility when we talk about 80,000 children starving. Yeah, exactly. But you know why they have to like invoke preschool rules when they're talking to Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren is because they just don't have anything. Everything they've tried so far hasn't landed. It doesn't stick. Right. Exactly. they've They've tried the red baiting. They've tried getting people afraid of the S words, throwing socialism around, making people seem like nobody will accept these policies. That doesn't work. So now we've graduated to, or, or we've devolved to like the lowest level, which is now going to be, you know, uh, remember teacher and what she used to tell you to do when you were in the classroom. And now I'm just going to tell you all that yeah. you have to use your indoor voices and right. all sorts of bullshit like that. Yeah. Well, there was another thing that happened with the first night. Um, that annoyed me too. And it just shows how biased CNN was against Sanders and, and Warren, but more so Sanders because yeah. they're they're They put up with Warren more. They're like, okay, she's not as bad right. as Sanders in their view, but was the, they did this in 2016 and they tried to resurrect it in, it's the issue of reparations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I actually think that Bernie Sanders, I like the place he's coming from because while I think reparations would be fine, I wouldn't oppose them. I actually don't think they'd fix the problem in terms of like yeah. cash payments kind of reparations. But we can't get it. That doesn't matter. The point is, is uh, Don, they had Don Lemon ask him the question and nobody else. Uh, yeah. Like they right. had Don Lemon because he's the black guy. Ask him the question. And it's like they're acting as though the public and all of CNN supports reparations and just Bernie Sanders doesn't. It's like none of you motherfuckers support reparations either. And oh, yeah. Most of the people say, yeah. on the stage. Right. It, it was just like it, they did that with everything. But I think like I, what I was really happy about was instead of being subdued and like letting women talk, cause it was mostly men this time, Sanders like really just threw in. He really yes, just threw I, in true, and right. he made his points really right. well. And because he was agreeing with Warren. So he yeah. didn't have to worry about the, yeah, being accused of wagging his finger. Um, cause he wasn't wagging at Warren. And as we know, he's equal opportunity with that stuff. But uh, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I still can't get over. We live in a world where people actually say that Bernie Sanders is bad on women because finger wagging. Wait, can we do like a bit where we're the mainstream media talking about Bernie Sanders, like having a conversation? Oh, well, yeah. But did you guys see not, did you guys see the, the piece I wrote? We can also talk about this. Um, the piece I have in fa- at fair. Tell our listeners. The, it was okay. the math, right? You, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. You went through just, the math. Yeah. So just, just speaking about media bias, um, I've written two pieces on this and I, there's sadly so much more. I could literally do this every day. But I did a piece on Sidney Ember, who's incredibly biased and who managed to write a a piece recently about Sanders' trip to Canada, 
where she really makes it seem like Sanders is a grifter and um, self-promoting, and that's why he cares about healthcare. Like it, it just um, it's so it, it's not even within the the lane of 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 established criticism of Sanders and established bashing. The bashing is usually that he only cares about economic issues or that he says the same thing again and again. Um, and this is just, it's so laughable anyway, but, but my piece on, um, uh, my more recent piece for fair was about the MSNBC math. And there are all these examples of MSNBC just literally either making a mistake or intentionally lying. It's up to them to tell us why, um, with the numbers. So, in order to make Sanders look like he's doing worse than he actually is. And, um, it, you know, they, they, they said that Elizabeth Warren was in second place in a poll and they literally <laughs> you see them. It's not just that they're, so they've done this a lot before and, and headlines will do this a lot. They'll say, um, like Trump is, um, Trump trails Biden, Warren and Sanders, even when Sanders is, is, is leading Warren. Um, <laughs> But that's one level, right? You could say, "Oh no, it's just a random uh, order, whatever." Um, or they'll do they'll even do graphics where it's like the highest to the lowest, except for where Sanders is. Again, you're not. It's it's obviously misleading, but you're not explicitly saying, I guess. And this is from from uh, greatest to lowest. It's obviously that though. But he. But you had Steve Kornacki actually saying, Elizabeth Warren, she's in second place. She's been in second place. And showing their numbers and seeing Sanders is higher than her numerically, but is underneath her. And he says <laughs> she's in second place while she's in third. And he's showing us the evidence of that. Then Chuck Todd at one point said Bernie Sanders went up five points. Uh, sorry, said Bernie Sanders went down five points. He had gone up five points. At least he got the number right, even if it's the value wrong. So we're getting closer. And another poll, uh, Biden was at 25 and Sanders was at 27. And lo and behold, when they turned into a graphic, Sanders was at uh, 27 and somehow Biden was at 28. Um, famously, this is from from March. Zerlina Maxwell said that Sanders didn't mention race or gender until 20 something right. minutes into his kickoff speech. It turned out it was like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's and then uh, Rachel Maddow said that Sanders did poorly fundraising among women and Gillibrand did great. Of course, the study she was citing, which was at Open Secrets, itself admitted that this was only looking at wealthier donors because it only counted people who gave $200 or more. And Rachel Maddow's like, you know, assume it, you know, majority of your people are dudes, dude. I'm like, okay, do that. <laughs> look at, look at the numbers and stop ignoring. Uh, of course, Sanders, most of his donors are at the lower end of the spectrum in terms of, you know, wealth and what they can donate. And he actually does better than, than others on that. Um, and then of course the famous example, uh, this wasn't a numerical thing. Um, this was just good old fashioned Bernie bashing um, Mimi Roca, of course, saying that hmm. Bernie Sanders makes her skin crawl. She can't even identify why. She doesn't feel like he's a pro woman candidate. She doesn't understand why young women support him. Um, and what's kind of amazing about that is uh, Mimi Roca is a former federal prosecutor. She went to Harvard for undergrad, she went to NYU Law. And you're telling me that. You are actually saying on live television that you don't know why someone makes your skin crawl, but you're going to say he makes your skin crawl. You're going to say you feel like he's not pro-woman. This is your case? You're a federal prosecutor. Well, 
To be fair, Bernie Sanders makes my skin crawl because he's a Jew. Is that what she was yeah. saying? Well, you know what's interesting? She's, and this is actually a really important thing to talk about. She's Jewish, but that doesn't really matter because I call Jews like her Park Avenue Jews, which is, I mean, she's from Chicago, so she's not from Park Avenue. But there's a cultural thing of Jews. Um, there are a couple things, but uh, one of them is that, you know, she's not Jewy in the way that Sanders is, which is kind of unapologetically. Sanders he has his like accent. A, exactly. Yeah, yeah he uses Sanders his hands. like a working class Jew. Right. From totally. Yeah. House. And there's a, there's a lot of class involved in it. And she, you know, and as, as I've said before, he gesticulates. Also, he's a Judeo-Bolshevik red. We should yeah. be very scared of him right there's that yeah too. Mimi and Mimi Roca meanwhile is uh locks up black and brown people for a living um because she that's what she did working for the press you know for for pre-Bahara um hero of the resistance who you know swept up a hundred during the Bronx 120 raids just locked up 120 black and Latino young men for basically like texting people who he said were gang members. I mean, that's a disgusting, I did an episode on that people can listen to it, but um, you know, the, the well, fact it's that like, it's yeah. like, there's, there's a, I just want to chime in to say yeah, there's like, I th- you're onto something in sense of obviously Jews are a monolith and there's like the Rahm right. Emanuel Jews yeah. that Mimi Broca belongs to, which are these like elites um, yeah. who are classist and, you know, uh, like to, you know, be a part of the centrist carcerel system. Yeah. Um, and then there's like the Bernie Sanders Jew, who's like a socialist and right. is like a leftist and, yeah. you know, like, totally. and the right, the, you know, the right wing hates the left wing. That's just how it works. And so, it has yeah, a pretty good civil good rights attorney tradition to it, you know, defending civil liberties. Yeah. There's a lot of those people the, yeah. who yeah. have supported, um, people who were part of the new left in the sixties yes. and seventies. Right. Totally. Right. And she's on the side of the state. Um, and, right. you know, not in a good way, not in a like pro, you know, welfare state. She's on the side of the carceral punitive state, vindictive, um, locking Joe people Lieberman up. State. Kind. Yeah. Oh, that kind. Yeah. Yes. But, um, you know, but she has gay friends and uh, black friends, I'm sure. And mm-hmm. she's worth five million dollars, by the way. Um, that's nothing though. That's like chump change. I know. Yeah. I guess it is kind of, yeah. We uh, all podcasters are like rolling in the dough. That's, she should try podcasting. And this <laughs> is the, I know she should come on the show. We'll have her on. This is the part that kills me is that there's such a culture of victimization that from the powerful. So Mimi Roca gets some shit on Twitter, which she very much deserves. Cause that's a disgusting thing to say. And, uh, Without even how entitled are you when you don't even feel like you have to back up what you're saying when you actually own I can't even identify why like lady go with a shrink process whatever you need to process so you're not triggered like I don't know what your issue is she didn't but even give a reason that's what I'm that's saying what... and she said she didn't have a reason and you know what I, I there's some I'm sorry but there's a real like some feminists just have to work their shit out I'm sorry to mm-hmm. say this like. Don't make the rest of the world suffer because Bernie Sanders reminds you of your grandfather or your father or some guy you knew from organizing. I mean, that's a real thing, I think. But anyway, or they become like C-list actors and they're putting on really poor performances on their Twitter feed because, you know, she's she came back in like two days. Right. Like how 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 traumatic could this have really been? I mean, she said she took a break from Twitter and she's like, I'm taking a break from Twitter because life's too short for this craziness. Like, really? Boo hoo. Guess what, lady? Don't check your fucking mentions. Yeah. Like, and well, also maybe don't, don't go on maybe don't go on a don't go on a cable news show where you have a huge platform and right. slander somebody. Them. I know. And, and then yeah. cry victim. Right. I mean, it's it's absurd. I mean, so that is why the the Bernie Bro narrative is so dangerous and it's so convenient for them and we have to kill it because then you get people's pretending that people res- 
random powerless people on Twitter, which who have no effect, material effect on your life, randos are mad at you on Twitter, and that is your cross to bear. Um, that is your suffering. Other people don't have health care. You get a mentions that bother you. Like, yeah. I mean, if, it's just disgusting. If I could do some quick self-promotion, too. I, I put together something over at Medium. It's called A Guide to Bad Faith Arguments Against Bernie Sanders. Oh, great. And uh, I want to say quickly that I go up against the grain. Uh, most of these things are supposed to be like four or five minute reads. My most successful piece at Medium is actually a 15 minute read. And this wow. one's a little bit longer. Um, and I mean, I'm, it's doing well. Um, and, uh, so anyways, I went through some of the most important things and I, I still go back to what Jonathan Cohn said about elect electability in these times as being one of the best statements so far in this cycle. So I just, it, he said, it is important to remember so-called electability is no more a science than astrology. Indeed, it is often little more than calcified prejudice. And it's important for people to know that what they saw with the CNN debate, the, the, the night with Bernie Sanders was really this, you know, seeing all of this prejudice bought, brought out by the moderators that of, of what they think is actually electable. And also what you see is prejudice within the centrists of the Democratic Party. Again, their prejudice around, about what they think is electable and all directed against progressive politics. I mean, really, right. truly believing that going boldly in a direction that's progressive. We're just talking progressive. We're not really talking like socialism here, just right. standard progressive politics that have been around for the last 15 to 20 years, that that would actually be a liability. But, um, you know, I went through some of the ones that have been um, the worst. Uh, I made the number one argument at the top of my list. Bernie Sanders has been talking about the same policies and ideas for decades, but he has nothing to show for it. Uh, yeah. Because I think this one's actually one of the more pernicious arguments out there right now because they recognize he's the most consistent politician in Congress and they know they had to make that a liability for him and they're trying to very like uh, shrewdly turn it around and be like, well, he's been consistent, but he hasn't gotten anything done legislatively. Right. And even though, even so, that's a lie because there's, right. there's multiple examples of where his advocacy translated into minimum wage being raised for workers yeah. at Amazon and Disney or actually getting community health centers into the Affordable Care Act so that people could have more access to care. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing some of these ones that have been brought out I think that one's one of the more pernicious ones. Um, and then the one about how Bernie will further polarize and divide the country was my second one, um, and, and suggesting that he's going to move the country away from where most Americans stand on issues. I mean, I think it's worth telling people very clearly, I mean, they're sympathetic to what we talk about, but the, the, the numbers don't lie. 82% uh, of people really believe that the wealthy have too much power and influence. 69% yeah. think... Large businesses have too much power and influence in Washington. I'm using this sociologist, Peter Dreyer, who did this whole study in 2017. 78% of likely voters support stronger rules and enforcement on like Wall Street. 76% believe the wealthiest Americans should pay higher taxes. 74%, uh, including Republicans, support requiring employers to offer paid parental and medical leave. 60% of registered voters favor expanding Medicare. 63 including Republicans favor free college tuition for four-year public colleges. Um, and then you have wanting action against higher emissions and pollution when it comes to climate change. 
So all of this is just not true. In fact, I think you could say that the centrists are the ones that are polarizing and dividing the country because they won't support policies that a majority want to see enacted. Right. Yeah, there's this very dangerous narrative about how, oh, well, Bernie's just too far left and, you know, we just need to defeat, defeat Trump. That ignores the fact that you don't defeat a right wing populist with middle of the road policies. I mean, the same people who say that Trump and, and Sanders are too similar, which, oh, my God, who said that during the debate the other day? Like you and Trump both think that, you know, the world shouldn't be uh, the U.S. shouldn't be Amer- the world's policeman or something like I'm so tired of that argument because it's basically saying you guys can speak to the same audience and and have diametrically different um, r- r- like pieces of advice. So aren't you the same? But the same people who say that Sanders and and um, Trump are similar, what they don't realize they're saying is that that makes Sanders electable. Right. Because he actually competes with Trump for certain voters. Um, and then the same people are saying that are, are saying that he's too far left. Do you know what I'm, I don't know if I made myself clear, but basically they're, they're contradicting themselves well, yeah, because they're both, they're so, saying that Sanders and, and Trump are comparable. And then they're also saying he's too far left. And of course the reality is you speak to the same, if, if you are, Sanders speaks to multiple audiences, one of them, our potential would be Trump voters. And he says, I feel your pain or you have the right to be in pain. You have the right to be angry. Do not blame Muslims and Mexicans, which is what Trump wants you to do. Blame, you know, greed. And that's incredibly different. And if you care about the scapegoating of the vulnerable that Trump encourages, that is what you want. You want someone who taps into that and says, no, do not direct your anger that way. Direct it this other way. Well, we should talk about what was being said about the the whole idea of U.S. military involvement being yes. engaged in interventions. But a, a, a big point to make here is this is how superficial the debates were right. and how they were set up. Because what the moderators are doing is they're taking very important issues and they're right. personalizing them. They're looking at an individual who's on that stage and they're saying that, like, you – have your trademark on this and like this is your thing that you have to answer for and i think that's a really false thing to like attach certain systemic issues and certain pressing issues to a candidate and say like well okay if you don't have the right answer that we want like to say particularly bernie if you're not going to give us what the establishment wants to hear then you're disqualified i don't i mean i that's that's interesting. I I don't I feel like it's fair and they should credit people with uh, either credit or kind of hold them accountable to their positions on these things. Um, and I think that Sanders position on these things is like, yeah, of course, these problems are systemic, but different people have different solutions. I suppose what I'm saying is when you consider it in the negative, like, why are you only asking Bernie Sanders about the issue of being the world's policeman. Well, it's because you want to crush the dissent that he has against the U.S. foreign policy establishment. Yes. So you're trying to undermine that. It's the same thing with Tulsi Gabbard on night two, which, you know, we'll we'll, we'll probably get into and could start talking about that. I want to say, you know, I think with Sanders, too, I mean, his, because Elizabeth Warren doesn't say anything about foreign policy. Although she did the other night. I mean, not like Sanders. No, but Um, I was impressed with her nuclear stuff. 
with maybe yeah, okay. a low bar. Yeah, okay. I mean, like, she, she also fear-mongered about China. Like, she just, yeah, there's sure. certain things yeah, that she's yeah, not course, strong. Yeah, of course, is much better. She doesn't have, yeah. she's not strong on foreign policy. Like, even right. when she has the right position, she does for the most part, like, as far as Democrats go, she has the better position. Right. But she also doesn't, like, um, she's not confident about it, and she seems like she could easily be moved by think tanks to move yeah. more, like Obama. She, she could easily right. move more in the direction of an Obama foreign policy, right? Whereas Sanders is, like, very in your face about what he thinks. Yes. And he knows about still, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish somebody oh, yeah, on his campaign can. would advise him to, when he talks about uh, migrants at the border, to yeah. make a, a big deal about U.S. foreign policy in Latin America. Yeah. He does, um, but not quite big he, enough in, in connection to that. Yeah. And then he sort of mentioned, like, there's a reason people are leaving, but yeah. he didn't make the connection. No one did, not in either debate night. Even right. Tulsi Gabbard didn't, which I'm like, dude, that's where you usually shine is right. on, like, wars. So, like, say yeah. something about Latin America, but whatever. The point I'm trying to make is that I think that Bernie Sanders invites so much more hatred than Elizabeth Warren because not only on domestic, on domestic policy, she, he's better than her, yeah. but she's almost at where he's at. Almost. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, but it's the foreign foreign, policy where this huge Well, he invites yeah. both. He invites the people domestically who would hate him, both him and Warren, right. and he's more authentic about it, so like people hate him more. But then also on the like, – it's a big deal when you – provoke the foreign policy establishment yeah, and he's right that elizabeth Warren has not yeah, well he, also you know what's ridiculous is and and kevin you mentioned how superficial discussion was and I, this idea that if two people oppose something they're the same even though they're coming at it from very different angles historically this happens all the time that doesn't make you bad because you overlap for the wrong for different reasons I mean, for instance, with TPP. Also, I think, I think it suggests room for, for – I don't think that yeah. – I'm not among – I don't agree with these liberals who are like, oh, my God, we have to hate people on the yeah. right no matter what. It's right. like, dude, when it comes to people in power, if you can collaborate with Rand Paul on ending a war, Yeah, do exactly. It. And then they're <laughs> like, you don't – you think that they're anti – you think they're anti-racist. Like, no, I don't. I don't, I don't think that. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, we don't think that. But guess what? Their position, for different reasons maybe – uh, happens to be better. Like Ro Khanna co-sponsored something with Matt Getz, who's terrible, who, who, right. who, you know, Trump praised and, and said is like handsome and going places, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but are you kidding me? Like stop this, the this politics of like not collaborating on literally saving the lives of brown people abroad, uh, kills me. It's, but it's almost always you're not allowed to collaborate with the right on good foreign policy um, ideas, but you are allowed to collaborate with them on literally anything domestically. Like we can collaborate with them on healthcare and compromise. Those are the libs. Those are the libs. But I'm actually, there's even something among the left with people that we usually agree with that drives me a bit crazy where they're ultras. That's what we call them. Yeah. yeah. And and under Obama, (laughs) we stopped the escalation of the war in Syria because there was a congressional vote that was, that was going to happen. And Obama had to cancel it because it was going to come down that people would reject um, an attack on Syria or or escalating us military. The same with the Yemen war powers resolution that Bernie has taken credit for. That was with Mike Lee who is a libertarian. Right. And right. so, yeah, that's been across the aisle. Well, it's like, it's like the same, the same kinds of people that I think you're talking about are the ones who are like, fuck Bernie Sanders. He's not perfect on Palestine. And while yeah, I do yeah. think there's plenty to right. criticize, like it should not be controversial to note that among the democratic field, yeah. the serious contenders, like I'm not including Mike Gravel, cause obviously he's not a serious contender. Although I like, he's amazing, be, yeah. but 
Um, yeah, exactly. He should be, but he's not. But he's not. So in yeah. the reality of serious contenders, yeah. there is no question that Bernie Sanders is, has the best position among the crowd. Right on Palestine and that and like you've got all of these people being like, like yelling at you I know for like like it's, like, it's not that deep guys it's not that deep he needs to be better and he's the best on it it's yeah. not that hard to I don't understand like um and, and also like just really quickly about the 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 TPP thing we saw the same thing right people yeah. were like oh both Trump and Bernie hate TPP yeah. it's like really guys you know who else I did TPP opposed it Basically, every environmental organization, every gender uh, rights organization, every anti-racist organization, every indigenous organization. Like, it is unbelievable to me. Yes. And stop being lazy and stupid. Yeah. Well, all these, there's this, like, mentality that... I, like people call these other people, they'll call, they'll be like, oh, like Rokan is a crypto fascist or he's al- allying with crypto fascists. What do they like, want anybody to do? Not work, not work. Yeah. Anymore? Yes. Only work with people who are pure in the way that we say, because nobody, but the, the thing is, is when you, when you collaborate with centrist Democrats on stuff, like right, nobody should okay. right. about that. It's obsession with fascism, which I right. think is like misguided Pretty because I personally don't actually, and this is a controversial thing to say too. Maybe it's a little off topic for what we're talking about. But it's a little close. Like, I don't think the biggest threat in the U.S. is fascism. Yeah. Um, and if you say it, like, I think it's a perfectly fine argument to have. And we should be able to have that argument, like, yeah. in a way on the left. But instead, like, if you don't agree that fascism is the biggest in, like, Milo you or whatever. are fascist, yeah. And you're a crypto fascist. Right. But, like, I'm like, dude, the biggest threat is these big corporations that are actually yeah. their behavior. Yeah. And, like, is, like, encouraging a rise in far-right fascism. Yeah, right, but the, yeah. That's just a symptom. That's a fucking, like, the, the right. far-right. And they're killing people, too, just in subtle ways. Exactly. But the far-right yeah. took yeah. a symptom of our system, which right. is the big threat. Yes. Like, And I think Bernie Sanders gets that for the most part. I know he does get that. Yeah. Um, and I, like a lot of animosity from some of these ultras that that that's the way that Bernie Sanders goes about it. Like he doesn't spend all his time talking about it. Condemning it. Yeah. Well, right. like, or condemning. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Or condemning, or condemning racists or. Uh, right. I mean, like he does, that. but he also actually speaks. To, I, I mean, this is again, like I thought we knew this from history that when there's economic stuff, people are that much more vulnerable to scapegoating. Like I thought the Holocaust, Weimar, Germany proved that. I didn't realize that was controversial. But people really like pointing the oh, finger and uh, who are you to talk? Yeah, who am I to talk? It's true. Well, according to Noah Berlaski, I like blame Jews for the for the. I wanted to like talk to Nazis or something. Anyway, well, well you're always like, telling people me. Think, you're always like telling me to talk to Nazis. Yeah. Well, the other is that <laughs> people really think on our side that we should trash these people who are supporters of Donald Trump. Which to me just seems like the recipe for driving them even further into fascism so that they would be involved in these white supremacy or white nationalist groups that uh, seem to like speak to their anxiety. And, you know, okay, yeah, so that's not valid, whatever, but it exists in the same way that you can look at different societies where there's extremism around Islamic fundamentalism or around... Um, you know, around uh, yeah. Zionism or whatever, you know, like you have that. It just exists. Right. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, we don't, you don't have to like these people. You don't even have to feel sorry for them, whatever. But do you want their vote or not? Like, I, again, if you care about the victims of no. these things, it, it is on us. Not, I'm not saying like, okay, person of color, go out and convert this white person at all. I'm just saying like when people were upset that Sanders went on Fox because they were, he was catering to racism. Like, are you kidding? 
he's making the case for socialism. He's making the case for anti-racism. To um, a Fox News audience yeah. that cheered for him. Yeah. And the key there is that it's not like Obama because the message isn't changing based on the audience. It stays right. it's the true, same. Right. If Bernie Sanders goes to talk to conservative right. white people in like rural America, he's still talking the same thing as if he's in yeah. an urban center in like right. Chicago. I mean, he pitches it a little bit, right? Because obviously he's not going to tell uh, a uh, black audience to not blame well, no, he does have to tell everyone to not blame Mexicans and Muslims, but um, it's not going to be the black and white. He doesn't, need to, yeah, he doesn't really need to tell a black audience not to blame black people. Well, Rania, Kevin, unauthorized disclosure, people of the world, get free. Uh, thank you for doing this. I really enjoyed talking to you guys. Yeah, it was excellent. We'll have to do this again when there's another debate. Yeah, so live taping. I, yeah, I'll just get up. I'll, no, I really will. I would. I would totally get out of bed for that. Yeah. <laughs> would you get out of Beirut, um, though? That's the question. The Katie Helper Show is edited by Ted Reedy. Our theme song is by the band Cordova. 